Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brooke Destro. We are live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia, and Brooke, the Flyers are coming off a pretty impressive home-and-home sweep of the rival Penguins. Was that a little bit of a statement, Brooke, in your mind for the Flyers? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. No, <laughs> no it was so much fun. I mean, you got, you got the first... I don't know, two periods of that Saturday night game in Pittsburgh, and you're like, eh, like this game's kind of boring. And then from the third period on and into um, what is today? Today, today is, is Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> the entirety of Monday night's game. We're all, we've all been there. It has just been the craziest <laughs> span of time. No, but going into um, Monday's game, it seemed like Pittsburgh really wanted to redeem themselves, you know, you know, getting a little embarrassed on home ice yeah. um, on Saturday. And the Flyers, you know, came out again with a lot of fire, a lot of force. And, you know, it needed a couple little extra, some minutes of extra hockey, both <laughs> yeah. games in a, in a shootout. And, you know, four points. Not too bad. <laughs> I'll take it. Not bad at all. And I thought it was really impressive when you just look at the Penguins roster. I know everyone is debating whether that core group is kind of on the decline, but they've got some pedigree on that roster. We're talking Latang, Carlson, Crosby, Malkin, Gensel. It's a and it's, just people that are yeah. notoriously known for performing well against the Flyers. Yeah. And the Flyers came out and then to win two close games, games that go after regulation, one in the shootout on Saturday in Pittsburgh, the other in overtime on Monday night at the Wells Fargo Center. I think the Flyers are finding ways to win close games, games that aren't perfect. And to me, that's all part of the rebuilding process is uh, learning how to win those games, having some young players contribute, and uh, winning when it's not pretty. And uh, I thought the Flyers did that. I think that was a really good sign for their rebuild, Brooke. And what can you say about Tyson Forrester? Oh, man. Um, he's starting to heat up. I think goal scorers, when they, when they get one or two, they come in bunches. And I think we're seeing that with Forrester. How impressed have you been with him? I'm just happy for him. Like, you know, we've not that we were kind of harping on him at any point in the podcast, but, you know, throughout the season. But we we've really gotten to a point where we were like, you know, we know what he's capable of. We think it's a confidence thing. It's going to be a domino effect. And that's basically what it's been. You can just see every single shift that he takes. There's just a new stride to his game. There's new confidence and it's finally paying off in terms of points as well. And like, welcome to the NHL, Tyson Forrester. Like, yeah. I think that this is huge. We were just talking about last week about who is going to step up in, you know, a really concerning offensive drought, like across the whole team. 
I genuinely didn't think it was going to be Forrester, but I'm really glad that it is. It's just been, it's been great. I'm really happy for him that he's finally figuring it out. And you can almost see like the relief on his face that it's like, I'm here. I'm doing it. It's time. So it's just, it's been great. It's been a nice little breath of fresh air. And, you know, we, we've debated for so long, like, does Tyson go down to Lehigh Valley for a little bit? Does he try to figure things out? And Tortorella has said time and time again, you got to give him time. He gave him time and look what happens. People got to stop doubting torts. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> I know we, uh, Brooke, I was thinking about it the other day. We debated on this podcast about Heavily. Forrester Heavily. maybe going to Lehigh Valley because he wasn't scoring, and maybe he goes there and rebuilds his confidence, comes back. Should he come out of the lineup? I, I give John Tortorella and the Flyers credit. They stuck with him, and that's a good sign, I think, in them delivering on their promise of we're going to play our kids and, and let them develop here. Uh, they had very ample opportunities to take him out of the lineup and say, go get right down Lehigh Valley. We'll, we'll go with someone else. They didn't. They stuck with him because they thought he was playing the right way, and they're getting rewarded for it. I mean, these are clutch goals. He's got four in his last three games. He's done it in a variety of ways, a couple of deflections that helped the Flyers force overtime against New Jersey, go-ahead goal in Pittsburgh on the power play in the third period, and then the game-tying goal Monday night in the second period, uh, showing off his shot, impressive stuff from him. Uh, Brooke, do you think he can keep this going? Like, is he about to go on a bit of a run here, uh, goal scoring wise? Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit of a tear. Yeah. I am. I'm like I said. I just think it was that first domino, and he's. I just think he's going to become like this up explosive force offensively that the Flyers again so desperately needed. And then you're sitting here and you're thinking, you're like, all right, if Forrester's going, that's going to you know inspire some of the younger kids that may have had, you know. They're, they're a little streaky right now. It's been a little slow for them to be like, all right, well, if, if Tyson's doing it, I got to do it. And then you have like all of the vets, you know, maybe figuring things out and sorting things out. And out of nowhere, we're going from talking about this really concerning four game offensive like drought to just explosion. And that is what we want. I mean, I was so I, I wasn't at the game last night. I was but watching it like you could see that the crowd was into it yeah and we had that same kind of energy i would say when um defending champs vegas were in town when the blue jackets were in town just because it was a metro rival but you know you're always going to get a good energetic game against pittsburgh and that's what it was and you just like seeing fans celebrate see, seeing fans like cheer everybody on like yeah we joke all the time that oh man like this this could really be a new era. But like you see games like that and you see things where, you know, you could have just kind of turned turned over. And of course, you know, Crosby then has that ex historic night against the Flyers and you're like, okay, here we go, here we go. And they just turned things around. They didn't, you know, get their foot off the gas. They just kept going and they pushed and they fought. And that's what you need to see with a team like this. You're going to get really fun spurts and, you know, um, like these types of games, and that's what it was. And I'm just glad it was against Pittsburgh. I'm not even going to hide it. <laughs> Sweeping a home-and-home home against anybody, that's great. Sweeping a home-and-home home that required extra hockey, a shootout, and to get an overtime win, 
that's huge. It really is. And I think that that's something that the Flyers are going to be able to build off of for the next, you know, however many games. Yeah, probably means a ton to fans when you, when you sweep it home and home against the Penguins. And I think what they're probably doing in terms of winning some fans back is they're entertaining. They're fun. They're, you know, these are tight games. Again, they're not always perfect. They're, they've made mistakes, but they're fighting, they're battling, and they're making it interestingly. And that's you know, if you're entertaining, fans are going to they're going to watch. They're like you got to give them reasons to watch, reasons to come to games. And if you're going to overtime a lot and you're c- coming away with wins, whether it be in the shootout or the OT, that can't hurt. I think that's going to help. And with Forrester, I just you can tell there's a swagger to him when he scores. Oh, yeah. A big time swagger, which tells you maybe he's going to put some more up coming up here. I remember talking to his uh, director of player personnel in uh in Barry, his junior team, and he told me that there's a cockiness to him. Like he talks a lot in practice. Sometimes he wouldn't shut up, and sometimes they literally had to tell him, <laughs> "Stop talking and just play." Uh, there, I think there's definitely a confidence and a cockiness to him in a good way. I think top prospects need to have that. So when he scores one, you can tell the way he celebrates. I think he's going to build on this, um, and I think he'll be a fun player to watch. And I think that that is just something that. Fans are going to gravitate toward because, you know, we're, we're Philly. We're not going to hide it. We're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not from Philly, we annoy people. It is what it is. <laughs> but like Forrester is going to become a player and grow into this kind of player that fans are going to be like, oh, he can talk the talk and he can walk the walk. And that's yeah. what you want in any any player. And, you know, in a rebuild, pretty much. The younger guys, the prospects are the ones that you look forward to finally figuring it out. And now you're seeing this this huge and it, it really has been like a significant leap in his performance from even just two weeks ago to mm. now where it's like, all right, like he's on everybody's radar. He's on everyone's radar and everybody's going to gravitate toward wanting to cheer for him, wanting him to succeed. And I think he's going to feed off of that energy throughout the city, too. People are going to be like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm scoring for you. Let's keep <laughs> it going. So and I remember when he was drafted, uh, a player comp that he gave was TJ Oshie. He said he really liked watching TJ Oshie. He feels like he could maybe be uh, a similar type to TJ Oshie. I, I mean, I think Flyers fans would take that if that pans out. Celebrity cook Steve Martirano brings his Italian-American cooking back home to Philly. Enjoy Martirano's Prime at Rivers Casino and Steve's famous meatballs with Sunday gravy, prime steaks, and more. Make reservations for Martirano's Prime on open table. Brooke, another guy we wanted to touch on is Samuel Erson. He's been excellent over his last six starts. He's totally put that shaky start that he had to the season in the past. He's really giving them quality quality starts when he gets his turn has he earned more starts do you think the flyers need to think long and hard sometimes when they're deciding whether it should be carter or him in net yeah so i think my biggest thing is i mean it's an issue we wanted to have you want two solid goaltenders obviously you're going to have your number one in carter hart but having stability with Arison is a perfect scenario right now. I'm going to knock on all the wood. Um, <laughs> Brooke knocked on her head. I did. I did. Don't you worry for those who are just listening. <laughs> Should have been the table. I did. The table. I, do- I did it twice. Not your head. I swear. Your head is not wood. We're go good. Ahead. Everything's fine. <laughs> but I think that this gives the flyers in the front office and, and everybody involved this kind of discussion that can be open now where it's like, okay, 
Yes, can Hart play four games a week? Yes, if there's not a back-to-back. Obviously, if there's, you know, back-to-back consecutive days, it's going to be one or the other. But if it's, you know, you got a, you got a Monday, a Wednesday, and like a Saturday slate coming up, who's to say that you can't give one of those games to Arison just because he continuously keeps proving himself to be the guy that can step up when Hart sits? There, it doesn't have to be like a do or die situation. It doesn't have to be, you know, maybe heart struggling a little bit. Let's get Arison in. It's just the back to back. Like he doesn't have to just be an out of necessity backup goaltender. And I think a big thing, again, something that we've discussed, you know, from time to time was that, yes, he started off a little shaky and a little slow, but he was adjusting to not being an everyday a starter. So, him adapting to being that backup goalie that has been, again, very reliable, I just think opens a lot of new avenues for the Flyers and what they're capable of in net. I think it's great. Extra rest for Hart? Great. Yeah. I will take it. You know, like, we don't have to overwork these guys. And I'll, I'll take that 100 times over. So, I am I mean, I don't know. What are you, what are you thinking? What are you thinking, Jordan? <laughs> Well, Hart's dealt with some injuries in the past. Sometimes little nagging ones, sometimes ones more serious. Yeah, absolutely. They can get him some more rest because they have a quality backup. Not a bad thing at all. I think the Flyers definitely realized they did not help Samuel Arison early in the season. Uh, he didn't play until the fifth game of the year. And he, from the his last preseason game until then, I think it was like 15, 16, 17 days of him not playing because Carter Hart played the final preseason game. It was mm-hmm. a dress rehearsal. They just really didn't help him. And for a guy that's not used to being a backup at all and is trying to adjust to that, I felt like they could have got him in sooner. And I think deep down the Flyers probably realized that. They evaluated it and said, yes, uh, we, did, we did not help this kid mm-hmm. by getting him in uh, after such a long layoff. I think they're going to realize that they need to get him in more for his effectiveness and also because he can help them when he's playing more. Um, and he can help Carter Hart, as you alluded to, Brooke, about getting rest. So I think it's a very good thing for the Flyers. And I really don't think uh, we have a goalie controversy by any means. I feel Carter Hart is the guy. Right. He showed it on uh, Monday night. But uh, it's I think it's good to have a 24-year-old and a 25-year-old goalie uh, both capable of giving you, you know, good starts. Yeah. I mean, this is, like I said, it's the perfect duo. It really is. You know, like you said, there's no conversation right now like Arison should be number one. Like, no, you know you have a starter, you know you have a backup, but you have a reliable backup Mm -hmm. that you can utilize, like I was just saying, more out of, you know, want than necessity. So, boom. Yeah, if they can... Good. (laughs) Exactly. If they they can get him in every three or four games, I think that's a, a feasible plan that makes sense. Um, and we'll keep him fresh. And as we all know, you never know what happens in net. Sometimes, you know, injuries pop up. But I think we're seeing when Erickson's playing more, he is better. And I think the Flyers need to be cognizant of that and make sure they get him his starts. And if that means Carter gets a, you know, a night off from time to time when he's rolling, I think that's okay. I, I don't think Hart's going to lose his momentum because he doesn't start, Mm-mm. you know, a game after playing well. So uh, I think it's a good thing for the Flyers, and I think they've learned a little bit more how to uh, balance this goalie tandem here. Brooke, one thing that's going to be a topic, and it's going to continue to be a topic until perhaps the Flyers have some injuries pop up, is the decisions on defense. Yeah. Igor Zamola mm-hmm. has been healthy scratch for the last six games. Mm-hmm. The Flyers are starting to like that third pair of Rasmus Ristolainen and Mark Stahl. 
Are you, are you bothered at all about how they're handling Zamula and not having him play uh, right now through this? It's a difficult conversation mm-hmm. because you want Zamula to get playing time. The last thing you want is to have any younger player sitting. We, again, talked about it at length when Frost sat earlier this season. I do feel the same way with Zamula. However, Ristolainen kind of came right back in and was like, I'm not giving up my spot. Like, yeah. it, was, it was great. Like, he just kind of like jumped right back. He had a, a little shaky well. start, like, the first two games, but... He really just inserted himself right back into this lineup, into this pair. And again, I was sitting there. I was like, you got the two older guys on the same line, on the same pair. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. And then, you know, they're, they're not playing too bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, crap, because you, you want the younger guys playing. But at the same time, Risto really just came back in and put his foot down and, and proved why, first of all, why we needed him back. And second, you know, it's just it's it's the physicality and aggressiveness that I think not that the Flyers have been lacking, but I definitely think they have benefited from since his return. And I don't know, it's 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 really it's concerning with Zamula, like how they're going to handle things, because I don't want him sitting. I don't think they're going to risk sending him down and hoping, you know, he just <laughs> makes it back to Lehigh. Um <laughs> I, it's it's a difficult one, but if it's not broke right now, I don't want to yeah. fix it. And I, I, I'm i really, you know, I'm kind of digging the defensive pairs right now. So, No, they've been steady. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Flyers uh, like that. And, I mean, John Tortorella said this the other day, that assistant coach Brad Shaw feels like when the Flyers are tied or if they're up a goal, they can roll that third pair out in the third period. And they like it because – Bristol line and install are both long. They're effective with their length and their size. And, you know, they're vets. They're guys that you can rely on. And they're not going to give up a goal. Um, they can close things they out. They can close yeah. things out. But this was a concern of mine going in was that when you're in the heat of the action and you have a chance to win a game, I think the Flyers are going to put winning first. And I don't think that's the worst thing because I do think winning is important still for their rebuild. But eventually, I just think when Zamula is in and he's playing like – Get him on the ice. He's got to learn through playing in those situations. Yeah. And if he fails, it's okay. Get him back out there. You can't really shelter him too much moving forward in the third period. I just don't think it's helping him. Um, but I wrote this in our predictions article and our fearless forecast at the start of the season that I didn't think the Flyers were going to look too young on defense until maybe the trade deadline or if injuries happened. And the biggest reason Zamola played Brook earlier on was because Stahl and Ristolainen were right, out. They were out. So I think this is going to be a daily thing. I could see the Flyers sneaking Zamula into games on back-to-backs, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But if Stall if Stall hurts them at times and looks like he needs a break, I think they need to get Zamula in there and make sure he's getting games. I don't think he should sit too long. No. Four and four and six, uh, I don't think is ideal. No, and then you also just have to kind of look at it as okay. It's it's the narrative of the younger guys across the board. If they're going to let Forrester play through it yeah. and figure things out, why isn't it the same thing for Zamula? Yes, yeah. of course, there are more bodies defensively than, you know, forward-wise at this current moment in time. But, you know, if you think the method for some of these prospects is to learn from mistakes and, you know, play through until, you know, something shifts mentality-wise, if something shifts... Um, you know, style-wise, and it just 
starts clicking. Mm-hmm. Why isn't that the case with Zamula? So, like I said, like it's a, it's a really interesting, confusing conversation right now because again, good things to have. You want to put your best players out there every single night. However, if the whole mentality is letting the kids play through it, let the kid play through it. Yeah, exactly. Eventually, they will have to learn by doing. Yeah. Um, I really don't think they've trusted Zamula a ton late in games. I, I do think they've given him chances. I've seen it, and he has struggled at times. Sure. And I, I do think Stahl and Ristolainen are more trustworthy guys uh, when you, when the team is tied or, or winning. But eventually, they need to learn by doing. And Forster was an example. They... They kept rolling him out there, and they trusted him, and they said, you'll eventually score. And it seemed like he got better through repetition. I think Zimbabwe could be the same way. Um, but this will be a daily, I think, discussion for the Flyers. I don't think they've handled it really poorly or anything. No, it's just it's one of those things where but it's you, something weren't, to watch. you weren't going to realize how they were going to handle it until they were going through it. Like it's, I don't think that that was something that they necessarily prepared for. And obviously, they're going to put the better guys out there, like you said, if it is a chance to win the game situation, a chance to close things out situation. And right now, Risto and Stahl really kind of just take, you know, that title at the moment. You know, something could change. There could be like a costly error down the road, maybe during this West Coast trip that they're like, all right, we're going to sit one of these guys and get Zamula in. But Mm -hmm. I just think everybody is like learning as we're going throughout this process right now. And I don't think there's there's no there's no foul to that. I just think that this is like a genuine like learning curve of how they are going to play the vets that are doing well versus getting in these younger guys. Yeah, it's something to watch for sure. Uh, John Tortorella said the Flyers are not going to forget about Igor Zamul, and I believe they won't, uh, mm-hmm. but it'll be something worth watching of how and when they get him in. And I give him credit the other night. Stahl, the last game Zamola played, uh, Stahl had a rough game the night before, and they got Zamola in. I thought that was, you know, somewhat of a byproduct because Stahl didn't play that well. Mm-hmm. And they thought, hey, let's let's give Zamola a try. I hope that's kind of what they do um, moving forward. I think it should be performance-based because they have talked about that, Agreed. that they make decisions based on merit. But uh, they definitely cannot forget Igor Zamola. Make sure they're playing him. Um, that's part of the rebuild and what they, I think, envisioned and promised. So all things worth watching. Bro, big road trip for the Flyers coming up here. Yeah. Three games. I think they're going to be tested. Coyotes, Avalanche, Nashville, uh, the Predators. So I think a good a good barometer road trip for the Flyers of like, okay, can they take what they've done and kind of translate it on the road? Um, wh- what do you think would be a successful trip in your mind uh, if you had to look at those three games and pick wins and losses? Yeah, I think not that I'm going to be a moral victory person. Like I- I'm going to sit here like the, the when they force overtime against New Jersey. I don't think anybody expected them to walk away with even a single point. So I'm glad that they did that. I'm kind of over the moral victory aspect of the rebuild, especially when Mm -hmm. they're coming off of such huge back-to-back wins. Like, Like I said, it's great that it was against Pittsburgh, but it's the way that they did it that was so impressive. And this is a team, like, again, we have discussed time and time again, there are going to be highs and there are going to be lows. And I think that we're about to ride another really nice high because everybody's feeling good. They're going to have a little bit, I hate using the word swag, but (laughs) I I really think they're going to have a swagger to their game when they go out, um, you know, west for these these next couple games and then back uh, for Nashville, just because, you know, they're feeling good. 
they're feeling confident. And I think that that is just going to continue to show. Um, I think the biggest test, obviously, is going to be uh, Avalanche. I'll be really excited to see sure. how, how they play out. But they've played pretty decently well against some of the top teams. So yeah. who's who's to say? I don't know. Maybe I, I, I'm feeling maybe maybe two yeah. two wins. I'll take I'll take four points. Four yeah. out of six. I think two wins or like maybe three points. As long as the games are tight and competitive. I think mm-hmm. they've been in so many games recently and that's to me a major sign of progress is that they're competing and like they're not getting, you know, blown out by two or three goals. They're, they're in games late. And I think that's mm-hmm. all good for just learning moments and kind of building identity and all that you know, all those cliches, but things that are actually real. So Yeah. And they finally won a game in the after trailing. Yeah, yeah, and that too. Yes, I thought you were going to say shootout. But... Well, that too. <laughs> yes. <Woo. laughs> so, like, just so many great moments throughout, like, first of all, the fact, two, two comebacks. Two comebacks. Yep. Two shootout wins in a, less than a two-week span. Yeah. I mean, you got two overtime wins, right? Because Couturier, when was the, no, that was, I'm all over the place. We got, well, Couturier has two shoot, uh, two yeah. overtime uh, game-winning goals this season. Yeah, I, I think it's great that he feels good. He feels back. I just I feel like we're kind of you know creating something. It's it's brewing right now. Things are moving, yeah. and and I remember, of course, I'm going to look on you know social media after games, but there was a lot of optimism. I can't believe I can say that word right now because. Everybody used to treat it like doom and gloom. It's the end of the world. The Flyers failed to close out this game, blah, blah, blah. But people, like, they're getting back into it. They're getting back into being excited about the Flyers. Like, I saw a handful of tweets that were just, do you still call them tweets, posts? Yeah, I say I tweets. don't know. That's fine. X. X's. <laughs> but... Everyone was just like, that was a really fun Flyers win. Yeah. And obviously, it's going to have a little bit more emotion because, yeah, you beat Sidney Crosby in the pens. So, yeah, it's going to feel good. But it could have been against any team if beating a home-and-home. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. So, I just kind of like the optimism that's brewing, how people are excited. And I think that the team is also just kind of realizing it's like we're capable of winning these games. Mm-hmm. We're capable of playing up to this standard. Let's keep it going. And I think that that's going to continue during this road trip. Keith Jones told uh, our very own Ashlyn Sullivan in uh, their sit-down interview recently that uh, he's been a little surprised at the progress. Not surprised, but he said uh, he he feels they have exceeded expectations. Uh, they didn't expect the team, and he feels fans probably didn't expect the team uh, to be where they are right now, 13, 10, and 2. So I think they've taken some people by surprise, and I think the thing that Flyers are happiest with, Keith Jones, um, they're competitive. They mm-hmm. they work hard. Uh, as Keith Jones told Ashlyn, they don't like losing. They hate losing. Uh, they wear it on their sleeve when they lose. That's what they wanted. They want guys to compete hard and at least uh, leave it all out there on the ice. Uh, and I think fans have respected that. And it's a, a big reason why I think they're watching. Fans want to watch because uh, I think they know it's going to be a competitive entertaining hockey game um so that goes a long way so yeah i think the the road trip will be good for them i think it's a chance for them to prove themselves even more i think there's going to be a ton of games where we're like oh these are barometers but that's i think part of the process of where they are sure you know 100 percent. so all three games on nbc sports philadelphia the first one thursday night against the coyotes in arizona at mullet arena 
uh, the college arena. Oh my gosh. Which is always a fun environment. I remember last year, the first time they had gone to, gone there, I was like, this is kind of cool. They're playing in a college arena. <laughs> That seats no cool. more than 5,000. Cool is definitely a word. Yes. <laughs> cool is definitely a word to describe that, Jordan. <laughs> Maybe different. Different. It's um, something, all right. Yes. <laughs> but uh, we'll have that game Thursday night on NBC Sports Philadelphia, and we'll have it all covered here on the Flyers Talk Podcast. Brooke Desher, thank you so much. Great to see you. Great to chat with you. A big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru and Flyers fans. Of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. We were live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles. And bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.